When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome into this week's episode of the Dublin to Denver podcast, where once again, I am delighted to be joined by my esteemed colleague, Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, very well, Colm. I've, I've broken out the Nuggets hat uh, because I want to reassociate myself with competent, well-run organizations in the Colorado area. Um no, that's good. Again, you know, like like last week, home, we we are actually now one week closer to real football, um, and we are now in a game week, albeit preseason, which has the usual caveats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, it is not training camp, it is not OTAs, it is not the draft, it is not free agency, it is football. So, uh, and it's Friday, which is which is uh, is great for us. Um, means you know should you wish to stay up and watch the Broncos playing very late you could you know you could do so and not have to suffer terribly in work the following day as the Saturday um but yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. there's some interesting stories that have come out of camp hopefully now some of the players that have been sort of uh, raising their hands to kind of uh, you know for the coaching staff and for for the fans to take notice of them with situations and, and opportunities that have been presented to them um, I'm just looking forward to seeing if that can translate itself into actual football to see if they can continue that momentum because there are still a couple of of spots um, in the starting lineups both on on offense and defense that you could say that there could be an intriguing sort of position battle and obviously you've got the, uh, the depth chart coming out 
tomorrow, I think, uh, is the word on the street. So, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to. And uh, we're that bit closer to, to, to uh, the, the, the first game against the Raiders on that uh, Monday night or Tuesday morning, as it is for us. I think that's pretty good going that you managed to use intrigue and excitement in relation to uh, the the Broncos the trading cast. Uh, that, well, you know, I, I do work in fiction, Colin. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. So actually, <laughs> horror fiction. Uh, and yes, yes. Which is telling, but look, um, we we will dig in uh, to to I suppose the the upcoming game a little bit and a host of other topics with today's guest and very pleased uh, to welcome this person uh, he is a, a wonderful follow on twitter both for broncos nfl but also majestic photographs that he takes of the united states of america from mile high huddle nick kendall welcome to the dublin to denver podcast Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I've been enjoying the summer. I'm actually out here in the uh, Pacific Northwest, so I'm hoping to hear a little bit of a turnaround this year um, for Russell Wilson so I can wear my Broncos gear without being harassed by the uh, Seahawks fan. Uh, but, uh, no, it's it's good. Yeah, I'm excited. Just got back from a uh, six-day, 67-mile backpacking trip in the Sawtooths in Idaho and going to be doing another backpacking trip this weekend in an area called the, uh, the Goat Rocks Wilderness because of the... Uh, Perseid meteor shower is uh, happening this weekend, so it's one of the better meteor showers in the northern hemisphere every year. So excited to get out there and get some more captures and uh, enjoy the summer out here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I, I definitely for anyone who isn't following Nick on uh, on Twitter, uh, or uh, I would encourage you to do so. His photographs are, are truly stunning. Nick, you've been in the you know based up in the Pacific Northwest. I suppose. Look, um, you know the. There was obviously huge excitement, right, when Russell Wilson joined last year. And I've talked about it before. Mike Sando had been sounding the alarm around Russell Wilson for quite some time, I felt, a number of years. And even after the the trade happened and there was all the excitement across the league, um, he was still saying, or urging, I suppose, caution. We know that the that fans don't always take the the approach of you know looking at the, the 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 play the stats what's actually happening what was i suppose the, the feeling on, on the ground you are a broncos fan but you were in quote unquote enemy territory what was the the feeling amongst maybe the, the seahawks fans when russ had got across and kind of just throughout the the seat uh, when the trade first happened, the general vibe I got from Seahawks fans was, you know, good riddance. Um, you know, it's one of those things where they felt scorned and they were like, well, if he doesn't want to be here, then we don't want him. But also the feeling of concern because they understand what quarterback purgatory was and uh, irrelevance was before uh, Russell Wilson at the quarterback spot. So just concern. But I think at this point, they're pretty happy <laughs> with how things have transpired, and unfortunately for Broncos country, uh, the the book is not completely written yet, though, on that trade and on that move. But uh, for now, the Broncos looks like they got a little bit hosed on that deal. But Russell Wilson still, you know, talented quarterback. If you can put him in a very specific type, in my opinion, at least, a very specific type of situation. Uh, so hopefully, somebody like Sean Payton coming to Denver now versus uh, Nathaniel Hackett that just pretty much said, "Hey, do what you want, Russell." Uh, hopefully somebody like Sean Payton with the skins that he has on the wall can say, this is what you do well. This is what we're going to do the offense around. And 
if you can do it, great. If not, uh, we're going to be looking forward probably sometime this season if uh, Russell Wilson struggles like he did last season. And I suppose for for you, you know, a, a general vibe, you know, before we delve into it, what is your ceiling as we sit here um, a, a few days out from, as Stuart mentioned, the first of the preseason games, uh, maybe in comparison to the, the past few years, because, you know, there there was obviously, there's been huge optimism at times and then enormous disappointment. It feels this year, you know, for a long time, they were kind of following what Sean Payton said about, you know, keeping things quiet. And then all of a sudden it burst, obviously, into flames with that the Hackett comments. And then we got comments earlier this week about what he didn't want to see during on the sidelines during the game against the, the Cardinals. So we've been back in the headlines a little bit more, but your thoughts on, you know, where you're just how you feel about the 2023 Broncos right now. They're in such a weird situation because the overall roster is not very young, right? Uh, that's just the nature of the moves that they've made the last few seasons, the lack of draft capital that they've had. And they are going to be in the red uh, approaching next offseason in training camp, uh, excuse me, in the offseason signing guys as well. So it really does feel like a, a fork in the road type of season for the Broncos, where if they do not uh, at least, you know, point in the right direction uh, this year, start to show some positive momentum or direction under Sean Payton, then this could really be torn down. But what does a teardown look like with Sean Payton? I mean, it was always just kicking the can down the road and trying to scrape uh, together winning football teams under those years of willingness and Payton. So uh, I'm optimistic that we're going to have competent football this season, which is not something we've seen in Denver in a while. Uh, but what is the direction of this team going forward after the season? Because, I mean, a lot of your pieces are very much on a – bleep or get off the pot kind of year you know Cortland Sutton and the rumors all offseason he could be gone uh Jerry Judy fifth year option Garrett Bowles contract is set up where he could be gone uh you're not sure about Lloyd Cushenberry after this year uh you're not sure about the running back position you'd only have one year of control left after this one for Javonta Williams and your defense is pretty old as well so really the Broncos find themselves in a mess without the conversation of the quarterback so they're really in an odd team building spot I think the one thing you can hang your hat on though is that I do believe that with Sean Payton here, you're going to maximize uh, your ability on the roster and people are going to be set up in the right position to succeed. Uh, but from an overall direction of the team and a roster, it's a, they're in a really odd uh, spot, in my opinion. We, we've been kind of talking about this for the last few weeks, myself and Colin. I think we're in agreement with that. In some ways, this is kind of a free hit for Sean Payton this year because, you know... Um, Obviously, the, the the free agency signings were his, and he would have been involved in the draft up to a point. But what little draft capital we had left after you know the Russell Wilson trade? How, like, what what do you think sort of would 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 sort of spark the the rebuild that you've kind of hinted at that might be on the cards? Consider or, or you know or, or completely tear down, depending on how it goes. Like what? Do you think it's playoffs or bust for an awful lot of this team? Or do you think that, that of which I think, you know, most of us would be very, very pleasantly surprised by given the strength of the AFC at the moment, particularly, you know, in our division has got, you know, obviously got probably the best team in the NFL, unfortunately, and as unpalatable as it is to say it in the Chiefs, you know, you've got the Chargers who, you know, I think have actually been helped by the lack of height this year in comparison to last year. Um, so just 
you know, you were saying not even including the Russell World conversation, but I think, you know, obviously that's kind of the, the elephant in the room a little bit. Like, what do you think is going to, to really kickstart that rebuild? Is it playoffs? If they make the playoffs, do you think they're going to keep a lot of the pieces in place? Or do you think if they fail to make the playoffs, then it's just going to be clean house as far as Sean Payne's concerned and that he makes it his team from here on in? I think that you need to be in the playoff conversation the final week of the season. And if it's a situation where you win and let's say for some reason the Dolphins win and you're just the first team out, you finish, what, 9-8 and eight or something? I, I think that's still a conversation where you could be pushing forward. But it's really hard to say without what. Like, what does Russell Wilson look like in this situation? What does the offensive line look like in this situation? Uh, how is Vance Joseph doing as a defensive coordinator? Are you looking to move on from him and elevate Christian Parker to defensive coordinator because you don't want to lose him? So I think playoffs or bust is the easier mantra mantra to, to say for this. But if you're sitting there the last week of the season and you are right in it, given, as you mentioned, the strength of the AFC and just the ungodly amount of quarterback talent in this conference right now, I think that certainly uh, could still at least spark a interesting conversation either way. But again, want to see how these individual pieces look uh, and what those pieces of the puzzle look like when it is a 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight season that you just barely miss. And, you know, I suppose just from what you're saying, because I, I am, what are the things that most intrigue you, right? We've, we've talked about the fact that it is, um, you know, a somewhat interesting situation around team building and, and what, you know, what might happen. But what are the pieces that, that you look at, Nick, as we uh, sit here and that you think that could be really interesting, regardless of, say, results or the Broncos are at large but it, it, it position groups or certain players or you're intrigued to see what how, how something might play out over the course of the season uh for me this season obviously the most interesting thing is the quarterback uh, Russell Wilson what he looks like and how that marriage works out with Sean Payton but behind that and something that I think is probably if you were really not the quarterback the most important aspect for the success or failure of the team this season is probably the offensive line. Uh, the Broncos invested massively in the offensive line this offseason, obviously paying Ben Powers a huge contract, and then Mike McGlinchey a huge contract, kind of pulling him away from the Bears and outbidding uh, the Bears to bring him in. And just what we've seen with Russell Wilson over this last uh, in his career, I think he is best playing complementary off of a very strong rushing attack. That can be offensive line or running back, but I'm more of the offensive line side of things. And then using that strong running game to open up the deeper pass plays, uh, break teams out of their nickel defenses, break them out of their match quarters, two deep safeties, force them to fill bodies in the box, bite a little bit harder in play action, and then you can hit those home run balls. The Broncos last year, their offensive run blocking uh, personnel was atrocious. I mean, let's just call it as, I mean, Dalton Reisner is still out there, right? Uh, we were out there, we were banging the drums for Latavius Murray last season. I mean, it was a dark place uh, for the Broncos rushing attack that was, overlooked because of how bad the passing offense was but I think the offensive line coming together is probably outside of the Russell Wilson conversation the biggest uh important thing that I'm watching for this offseason you have a first time offensive line coach uh, the offensive line they like I mentioned they paid a lot of resources in and honestly from my perspective I'm not super over the moon about the talent along the defensive line and I know that in camp so far we've had a lot of excitement around you know Zach Allen's been having good camp uh our guy Nick Benito's had a good camp. Jonathan Cooper's had a good camp. But training camp is always, the reports on training camp are always zero-sum. Because if the Broncos' edge rushers are losing in training camp, that means that the Broncos' offensive tackles are losing. 
and you are paying a lot of money for Mike Mulvinci, Garrett Bowles, et cetera, et cetera. So offensive line, I am fascinated by it. I think that if Russell Wilson's going to succeed, he is playing second fiddle and playing off of the run game in the offensive line. And right now through training camp, it does seem like the offensive line has been erratic. That said, the defenses, especially the edge rushers, their jobs, rushing the passer, not having to worry about the run fits, edge setting, it's a lot easier to do in these you know, simulated situations. So very, very curious to see what it looks like in more of a game situation where the run game can matter, the physicality can matter. You can kind of lean on uh, teams a little bit as the course of the game goes on. Nick, how um, concerned are you with the running back room as it stands currently? Because both myself and Colm are, are of the opinion that, you know, all the moves up to this point have suggested that we're going to be run heavy. I think Sean Payton has even mentioned that he wants to run the ball first. Um, and as you said, I think Russell Wilson historically has been much better when he's had that, you know, especially when it comes to... Before we signed Russell Wilson, if you asked me to... You know, the image that immediately sprung of Russell Wilson when, when you mentioned his name, it was those scrambling deep balls that he could hit. But do you think we've done enough or do you think we should keep an eye out for some maybe later moves in regards to running back? Because it seems to me at the moment we have put a huge amount of faith in Javante Williams coming back to his best. Um, and yes, he's done very well in training camp up to this point, but it's it's not real football as he touched on there a minute ago. Yeah. Um, do you think we've done enough or are you happy to gamble on Javante because, you know, is there the idea that, well, look, we, we sort of, we took Latavius Murray effectively off the practice squad last year and slotted him in and he did perfectly well or do you think we should be doing something now? I think that you still don't have all the information and that the running back market has been somewhat stagnant here for a little bit. So there's no reason to rush while we are still gathering more information. These preseason games and how he's doing after taking a hit, everything like that, I think is going to be extremely telling. But the fact that, you know, Dalvin Cook is still out there, uh, Kareem Hunt is still out there, Ezekiel Elliott is still out there, the market for Josh Jacobs seems in flux, potentially materializing. Uh, Jonathan Taylor could be a piece on the table as well. He's been rumored out there. So I'm still very much in the running back market, but there's not a lot of movement right now. And you still have preseason games, training camp games, where you can continue to gather more information. You know, going through camp, I mean, it's really unprecedented where Javante Williams is at considering when he had his injury and uh, what type of injury he had. And I'm a uh, data kind of guy, you know, science. So I'm still seeing as believing and it's kind of hard to believe that he will be ready. But again, with the stagnation uh, of the running back market, I think we can kick the can just a little bit day by day, week by week and monitor the market while we continue to gather further, more important points of information in regards to Javante Williams progress uh, towards the season and being healthy again step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. 
Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Nick, in terms of the defense and the defense coordinator, now we've seen, it felt like we didn't see, again, a whole lot of fans when he came back for a time. And then this week, it feels like every single day, I've seen a clip of Vance Joseph uh, talking at training camp and the big piece kind of was, you know, that um, it's going to be him running as a different scheme than maybe he's used to. He talked about a blend, a marriage of, you know, what, what we saw last year and looking uh, to, to build on that. What, what's your feeling on Vance's return and, and the way in which the, the defense and the approach has been talked about? I, it's really hard to say until you actually see it paired on the field and what it looks like. I do like that they are really leaning on Christian Parker in terms of coverages and run fits on the back end because he is a rising superstar. I mean, he's going to be a defensive coordinator next year, whether we like it or not, somewhere. Uh, so he's he's a rising star. And uh, we saw last year from Giro Evero specifically early on before the defensive line went down the uh, the crabber. Uh, that a lot of, you know, early downs was kind of, you know, more match quarters based, cover three. And then on for, on third down, they get extremely aggressive with the blitzes, a lot of cover one looks, and really lean on the talent of a Patrick Sertan and a Justin Simmons on the boundary. Uh, given that the Broncos are much more diverse, talented, deep uh, star players in the secondary, I would assume that on money downs, uh, you know, pass rush situations, that the Broncos would kind of mimic uh, that situation where they're going to be more aggressive on third down because I don't see any Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, even Bradley Chubb types where it's like, okay, this guy, he's matchup proof. We're going to, if we if they leave him one-on-one, -on -one, he's going to win his matchup. I don't see any of that guy. So it's going to be much more on the scheming of pressure packages and reliance on your secondary to hold up in those one-on-one -on -one matchups versus the other way around. So I would imagine it uh, being similar to last season, uh, but we'll see. Uh, it's obviously defense is much more on an island and I think less coordinated scheme-wise then you'll see it on offense, like a good offensive coordinator. As long as you give competency, you can be fine. But defense, offenses dictate where the ball goes, right? So if they can find one matchup 
they can pick on that until the cows come home. And you guys remember, I think it was Lenny Walls in like the 2005 playoffs against uh, the Colts. Peyton Manning just went there over and over and over and over again and killed them. Uh, so it will be interesting. I don't think there's in the back seven, at least, any really scary, scary weakness other than maybe cornerback two. Uh, but the uh, defensive front, I think they're doing well in camp right now. I want to see what it looks like against other teams because, again, zero sum versus the Broncos offensive line. Uh, but I, I would imagine it's going to be somewhat similar to what we saw last season where it's a little bit more conservative first and second down, then on third down, get a little bit more aggressive with your pressure looks, especially when you have guys like uh, Jewel Singleton, Drew Sanders, who's a really good pressure package player as well, and some versatile edge pieces that can do some stuff, uh, dropping into coverage or rushing the quarterback like a Benito, like a Brown, and assuming he's going to come back like a Cooper. So you mentioned Drew Sanders there, and that kind of brings us on to another point, I think. Um, are there any players in particular that you're going to um, keep an eye on in, in the, uh, the, the the preseason game? Somebody that you, you think has a real shot of being a significant um, contributor to the team? Um, just because there are a couple of positions, unfortunately, some of them now due to injury. Um, some of them due to the fact that, you know, for example, uh, the strong safety position. Um, I sort of mentioned previously on the show that I was looking forward to the Kalen Stearns or you know, JL Skinner uh, making Kareem Jackson expendable once and for all because Kareem seems to almost be like Dracula in the sense that he dies and then he comes back from the dead repeatedly in the offseason. Kareem has his talents, but I think, you know, purely from a coverage point of view, he's become a liability. Um, apart from that, I mean, I'm so I'm personally looking out for that safety battle. I know Justin Simmons now has gone down injured, which obviously changed things a little bit. It's not a serious injury, thankfully. Are there any players, any positions that you've got your eye on in particular over the next couple of weeks that you think, you know, a strong performance from this player in a preseason game could help push him towards a starting position or, you know, or a major contributor? Uh, Yeah, I think some of these undrafted free agents are very interesting to me in this group. And I like to watch, uh, see what PJ Mustafer can do. He's been kind of a camp guy who's gotten a lot of hype. I mean, he is, in terms of a football sense, body beautiful you know he's a he's defensive tackle he's not body beautiful but uh he can be the first guy off the bus you know high recruit penn state undrafted but uh he's somebody that i'm curious if he can make somebody like mike purcell expendable you can save you know 90 percent of what you're paying purcell and put mustafer in there who's going to have you know four years of contractual control where purcell you know out of sight out of mind so far in training camp hasn't really been out there and i think not nfi uh so he's one that i'm very curious about uh, to see what his usage is. And also the wide receiver three position is up for grabs. Uh, Marvin Mims, I think, has a very specific niche and role that they were going to utilize for him regardless. But uh, Taylor Grimes has been getting some run. I think he had a pretty good uh, day-to-day, to my understanding. And uh, Brandon Johnson last season was really showing out before he got injured as well. So uh, curious to see how those uh, the wide receivers uh, stack up now that Tim Patrick and KJ Handler's out. And one guy that I'm very curious about, just the usage in general, he's a starter no matter what, but what does the snaps look like? Um, and what does the alignment look like is Zach Allen? Are we going to see him on edge? Is he going to be lined up a lot? Are they going to try to isolate him versus guards? Are there going to be a lot of twists and stunts with him? Uh, are we going to see some one-technique stuff on pass rush situations? So very curious to see about the usage of Zach Allen. Brock was paid him big money. He's worked with Vance Joseph. He's an ascending player. If he can stay healthy, um, what he can do is uh, really fascinates me. Just, again, how they're going to deploy him in different situations. Even. And when you look around the division, Nick, you know, look, what you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, which to me, once you have those two together, makes them 
favorites. Not that they'll win it every year, but to me, makes them favorites uh, at the outset at least. But big changes, obviously, with the the Chargers um, bringing in a new OC to perhaps unlock, um, you know, Justin Herbert again after a couple of years, uh, you know, sparkling debut season and, you know, has been good, but perhaps maybe hasn't been as aggressive as they would have liked. Uh, and the Raiders being, well, the, the Raiders. But what what what's your take on our divisional rival? Uh, the Chiefs are the cream of the crop in the entire NFL. Patrick Mahomes is number one in the NFL 100 again, and he will be probably again next season as well. I mean, it's just as long as he's there and Andy Reid is there as well, they're going to be really tough to knock off. And the fact that the Broncos are playing them two times in three weeks is pretty unfortunate this year. Uh, or unless, you know, maybe it'll be fortunate. Maybe we'll catch them when they're kind of down and we'll be able to take advantage of that. Uh, but the Chiefs are the cream of the crop. Um, obviously, Mahomes and Andy Reid get all of the flowers. Travis Kelsey as well. Their offensive line is probably one of the top three in the NFL. Uh, but I do want to give a uh, shout-out as well, begrudgingly. Not a Chiefs fan by any means, but uh, Spags has done a really good job with that defense as well. I mean, they don't invest in it like crazy, but their secondary is rotating guys in and, in and out constantly, and... They take the ball away and they get pressure. Uh, Chris Jones is obviously the straw that stirs the drink there, but Spagnola has been unbelievable there as the defensive coordinator. And I think he's like the perfect complement uh, for what Andy Reid and the Chiefs are doing on the offensive side of the ball as well. So it's pretty unfortunate in that regard. But I think that the they'll never get the credit. But considering the how they have to play off the offense and the resources that are invested there compared to the offense, uh, the offensive side of the ball. They do a hell of a job, uh, and they always get hot like at the end of the season too. It's really freaking annoying. Uh, so really good adjuster and kind of figure out what works and then pushes that button. As far as the Chargers go, I'm really curious to see what happens with just the the coaching staff and the respect there in general. Um, I think Brandon Staley is a very good defensive-minded coach, and I think he does a lot of good things, but there was no question that last season there was a lot of flirtation about moving on from him, especially if uh, Sean Payton wanted to go there. I don't know if that was more for Sean Payton's camp than the Chargers, but Chargers don't really have the ownership group that's going to be aggressive spending like that. Obviously, they just paid the quarterback, but I'm sure he's bringing in more money for them than they're even going to spend on him anyway, so that's football. Uh, but curious to see how the Chargers go if they have any sort of adversity this season. I mean, it just feels like I don't know if Brandon Steely's on very firm ground there uh, by any means. That said, uh, the Chargers, I think they added Quentin Johnson. They still have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. That's a fun offense, no doubt. And I don't think we can understate the re-addition of Rashawn Slater to that offensive line. He was one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL's rookie season. Last year, I believe it was a torn peck uh, before the season even started. And I think that will have a synergistic effect on their entire offensive line. The two first-round picks on there, as Zion Williamson as well. So uh, that's a... Uh, I think they're in a good position, and I'm a I'm a big Justin Herbert fan too. I hate to admit that, but I think he's probably, in my opinion, the third best quarterback in the NFL. Some people will disagree with that. A lot of people prefer Burrow over Herbert. I'd probably take Herbert over Burrow, uh, but uh, I think they're in a good spot. Raiders, I don't know. That just seems like a totally dysfunctional team. You got the whole Josh Jacobs thing. For some reason, they keep beating the Broncos. I guess the Broncos are equally, if not more, dysfunctional, but the Raiders, I don't really love their defense. I think the offensive line is not very good. Uh, I think they took a step down in terms of quarterback talent going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't respect the Raiders, but they probably should not also respect the Broncos in the, in the same vein. So at least until, until the Broncos prove it. And Nick, just, um, 
you know, perhaps a difficult question to, to, to answer as we sit here right now, but let's imagine that the Broncos avoid serious injury, which given the last couple of years and even the first week or two of training camp is sort of fantasy territory, unfortunately. But let's imagine from here on in that the Broncos avoid serious injury. How do you think the season is going to play out? Do you think that the Broncos are, you know, and I, I think your your idea of what constitutes a, a conversation about keeping the team together is an absolutely spot on one. I think if they're in with the shout of the playoffs going into the final week, then I think you would have to consider that a, a successful season, I suppose, considering where we've been over the last few years. But how do you think, hand on heart, the season is going to play out? And if you've had to, go into your head, do you think Russell Wilson will be the quarterback of the Broncos next year? Oh, man, that is so hard to say because it's not just the product on the field that's going to matter in that situation. It's also going to be what's going on behind the scenes with the relationship with the coaches, with the players, how he's connecting with his teammates and everything like that. The other elephant in the room is, I believe, the fifth day of the league year this upcoming year, the 2025 salary uh, or a huge portion of the 2025 salary becomes guaranteed. So a commitment to Russell Wilson this offseason is a commitment to Russell Wilson for the next two years. Uh, which is concerning given the trajectory that he's been playing on right now. So might be tough. I'm curious if he plays well enough um, that maybe you could dangle him for a trade. Obviously, you're not going to get back uh, what you gave up, but there's a lot of teams that are pretty darn desperate. I mean, I could see the Washington football team, you know, take him for a fraction of the cost and the Broncos pay some of the money and you get it back some picks and some relief so you can go a different direction. Uh, but really want to see the team heading in a positive direction and buy-in from Russell Wilson and uh, the players buying in to Russell Wilson himself. So I think 9-8 is probably what I would project the Broncos at right now. I think Vegas has them at like 8.5, so like smack dab in the middle of 500 type of team. Uh, but it's a really tough uh, conversation because I think probably the most likely situation is Russell Wilson doesn't play so good that it's obvious you're bringing him back, but doesn't play so bad that you're moving on from him without a doubt. So that puts you in a really hard spot. It might come down to interpersonal stuff and uh, how much Sean Payton believes in Russell Wilson, the the quarterback as well, in the direction of the team. Well, that will be uh, fascinating to to see. Um, Nick, you've been very generous with your time. We appreciate the fact that given you are over on the west coast of the state, uh, we decided to time and Nick uh, generously gave up uh, his uh, lunchtime slot to, to come out and chat to us for people uh, listening on this side of the Atlantic in particular, but, but everywhere, but hopefully, you know, people certainly in, in Denver and the surrounds are, are aware of your work. But for people on this side of the Atlantic, like, where can they find you? I'm over at Mile High Huddle, uh, affiliated of Sports Illustrated. You can find us there. I'm writing an article every week uh, for Mile High Huddle, and I do a lot of live streams. Actually, I have a lot of, we have a lot of listeners um, on your guys' side of the Atlantic because I do a morning show, um, which is 6.30 a.m. my time, but I think it's evening for you guys. I don't know what the exact time difference is. So uh, do a show m Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning uh, with my co-host Scott Kennedy and do a Tuesday evening show with Carl Dunbar as well. So if you guys are across the pond and have some time to hang out, um, hop on the live stream and come say hi and uh, we'll talk football. And uh, Scott's great. I do a lot of my shows with Scott. He worked for, uh, he's one of the founders of scout.com. And uh, he worked for NFL Network for a number of years as well. So I'm very uh, fortunate to have a good host like that who's got some uh, credit and uh, work in the industry for a while. Well, we appreciate you taking the time again, and hopefully we can welcome you back on at, at some point in the future. And 
we can see maybe where the uh, the season has has taken us at, at that point. But for now, it can't look very much. 